Good morning, my friends. How is everybody doing? Good. Me too. Uh, well, as Alyssa said, my name is Zach Anderson, and I have the honor and the pleasure to serve Covenant as the Director of Connecting Ministries. Uh, again, if you're a guest with us, I would just want to welcome you into the life of Covenant and hope you find connection here. Um, this morning, we're going to be reading from the book of Joshua. Uh, if you want to follow along in your Bibles, I'll be reading out of chapter 20. It'll also be on the screen behind me, uh, but we're going to read the entire chapter of Joshua 20. It's only nine verses. Uh, let's receive the Word of God. <clears throat> then the Lord said to Joshua, Say to the people of Israel, Appoint the cities of refuge of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowingly may flee there. They shall be for you a refuge from the avenger of blood. He shall flee to one of these cities and shall stand at the entrance of the gate of the city and explain his case to the elders of that city. Then they shall take him into the city and give him a place, and he shall remain with them. And if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not give up the manslayer into his hand, because he struck his neighbor unknowingly and did not hate him in the past. And he shall remain in that city until he has stood before the congregation for judgment, until the death of him who is high priest at the time. Then the manslayer may return to his own town and his own home to the town from which he fled. So they set apart Kadesh in Galilee, in the hill country of Naphtali, and Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. And beyond the Jordan, east of Jericho, they appointed Bezer in the wilderness on the tableland from the tribe of Reuben, and Ramoth in Gilead from the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities designated for all the people of Israel and for the stranger sojourning among them, that anyone who killed a person without intent could flee there, so that he might not die by the hand of the avenger of blood till he stood before the congregation. Will you join me in praying? Oh Lord God, uh, this moment right here is so important. It's so important to speak with you, to listen, and to remind ourselves that we are here in your presence for one purpose, and that is your glory, God. So be glorified in us this day. Speak to us through your word, and let us have listening ears to hear what your spirit is telling us, each one of us. These things we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. So the Avenger of Blood, uh, that's a nasty title that I hope none of you ever receive. Uh, have you ever seen someone seeking sanctuary from the Avenger of Blood? Uh, let, me, let me tell you what it looks like. Uh, uh, probably a little over a year ago, um, my wife and I, it was nighttime, we were going to bed, I think we were reading so the light was on. Uh, I am a champion sleeper, and I fall asleep in 30 seconds or less. Lights on, TV on, doesn't matter. Um, and so I fall asleep, 
Kelsey's still up reading, the light's on. And I'm in blissful peace and serenity. And all of a sudden, piercing into my beautiful sleep comes the most blood-curdling, fright-bearing, high-pitched, piercing scream I have ever heard. And I wake up, and I'm ready to fight. Uh, and I'm looking for the Avenger of Blood. Where is he? Where is he, honey? And she is curled up behind my shoulder in a ball, and she is seeking sanctuary from the Avenger of Blood, also known as a spider. <laughs> and I said, what is it, honey? What is it? And she said, a spider! Just crawled across the bed. And uh, I said, okay. Whew. Uh, I'll kill this spider, but we got to talk. <laughs> I'm going to need you to make a distinction in your mind between axe murderer scream and spider scream. Because that was terrifying. Everybody, uh, everybody seeks sanctuary, uh, and it, it starts early, uh, right? If you, have, if you have any kids, or if you were ever a toddler yourself, which I think all of you were at one time, you maybe uh, sought sanctuary when, when the world got too heavy, uh, or everything was just too overwhelming, maybe you did this, right? Suck your thumb. Uh, for me, my safe place when the world was too much uh, as a young child, I put my finger in my hair right here and I twirled it. Just like this. Now, um, I'd like to say that as I grew up and became a man, I put that habit behind me. Uh, but you may have seen me do that this morning. Uh, <laughs> subconsciously seeking sanctuary from the, the nervousness of delivering a sermon. I don't know. Um, everybody seeks sanctuary. Uh, in the days of the Old Testament, there was a natural order of things, right? And there was a way uh, in which peace was kept and a natural way in which things happened uh, to, to bring justice. Um, and in regards to someone being killed the natural order of things was that the next closest male relative of the person who was killed, or the next of kin, uh, became what is called the avenger of blood. And it doesn't mean, you killed my cousin, I'm angry, I'm going to kill you, family feud. It, it means that they actually took on a responsibility, a duty, to exact justice against the one who killed their close relative. When God gave Israel the law, uh, he had love in his heart, and he knew that there would be times when someone would die uh, by the hand of another, but it wouldn't be intentional, malicious murder. It would be an accident. Uh, and he had love in his heart for those people, and so he designed uh, these things called the cities of refuge. And he told Moses uh, in in Deuteronomy, I believe it was, and then he told Joshua, here in Joshua, um, to set up 
six cities of refuge uh, all across Israel, three on one side of the Jordan, three on the other. And he made it so that wherever you were in the nation of Israel, you were never further than one day's journey from one of the cities of refuge. Um, He didn't stop there. He also included in the law uh, for the Israelites to make sure that the roads that led to the cities of refuge stayed pristine, stayed clear of obstruction, so that anyone who was fleeing the avenger of blood had a chance to make it to the city of refuge before they were, uh, uh, before vengeance was taken. All of us, at some point in our lives, feel overwhelmed by the weight uh, that is too much to carry. If you haven't been there yet, I promise you it's coming. At some point, you will feel overwhelmed by a weight that's too much for you to carry. And you will need, you will feel the need for a sanctuary and a safe place to hide from this bearing down weight that is on you. Uh, For some of us, maybe it's the burden of being responsible to provide for a family. Uh, You have a spouse and children that you have to keep a roof over their heads, you have to keep the electricity on, you have to keep food on the table. And Maybe you've never even had trouble bringing home a paycheck, but sometimes the weight of that responsibility that you bear settles in on your shoulders and it becomes too much. Maybe for others of us, it's it's stress in our lives. Um, You have so much to do, you say yes to too many things, You have tons of people counting on you, and the stress of everything that you have committed to is bearing down on you, and you feel like you just need a place to hide. For others of us, maybe it's a feeling of loss, uh, or a fear of loss. If you've lost a loved one, uh, if you have a loved one who is sick, uh, and you're afraid of losing that loved one, or, or you're grieving over the loss of a loved one, and the burden comes down on your shoulders, and you just need a sanctuary. In the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 119, there's a verse about seeking refuge. And um, scholars agree that most likely the psalm was written by David. They're not sure, uh, but... Most likely, David, the author, wrote, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. I want you to catch this. David, who was no stranger to needing to seek sanctuary, seek refuge, uh, he said that God is his refuge, his hiding place, and his shield. And then he says something very important. I hope in your word. What that means for us is that the word of God provides us with our hope, our assurance of that sanctuary that is God. Can you relate to that? Um, I can. I'll tell you a story. Just a few weeks back, um, I woke up and I was just having one of those days. You ever had a day like that where you just wake up 
and, and you wake up feeling out of it. Uh, so I woke up, and, uh, and I was just kind of off. And, and I went uh, to get in my car to drive to work, and my car wouldn't start at first. Um, it took me several minutes to get it started. Once I got it started, I'm already late, uh, but I begin to hit what seemed like every red light along the way. And all these things that are ordinarily small things that really don't matter in the grand scheme of eternity uh, begin to make my bad morning into uh, a bad day. I'm, I'm having a negative outlook on life. Uh, as the day wore on, different small things continued to bother me. Uh, and the emotions of grief over the loss of my sister uh, last year had been bubbling up for several weeks. Uh, the way it's worked for me is that it takes um, several weeks of being okay, but slowly bubbling up be below the surface until then I'm about to overflow and, and the negativity begins to wash over into other relationships, other things, and it completely affects my view on the day. So this was happening, uh, and it made the day worse. And, uh, and at the end of the day, my wife and I went out to dinner, and I was hoping that, <coughs> that this would make things better. Um, and if you know me well at all, you know that I'm overly critical about things. Uh, I have a, a way of perfection that I see in my mind is, <laughs> don't look at me like that, Mike, you know I'm critical. Uh, I have a way of perfection that, that I think things need to live up to. And um, my wife, Kelsey, she sometimes says words the wrong way, in my opinion. <laughs> and over the last few years, I've been learning, trying to learn to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but we were at dinner, and, uh, and she said something that I thought she said it the wrong way. And I knew I should keep my mouth shut, but it just always feels like beforehand it's going to feel really good to make that part of the world perfect and, and beautiful, right? And so I corrected her, and the words that I thought were going to taste sweet, this is serious, they tasted so bitter. And I saw the look my wife's face, how I had wounded her. And it just made me feel that much worse. And then the lies started to roll in. You ever heard Satan lie to you? Uh, he began to tell me, you just can't do anything right. You're always going to feel this way. Your friends are tired of hearing about your grief. And God can't do anything about it either, so you're really alone. And instead of going into the Word of God, where I should have placed my hope, I just went to bed feeling that way. The next morning, I checked my email <clears throat> And I had received an email from my mother-in-law. And it just had one simple sentence. 
Maybe this will help. And I was like, are you watching me or something? (laughs) I had not reached out to her. She said, maybe this will help. And attached was a devotional uh, that she is subscribed to, email devotional. Uh, This one was written by Lisa Turkhurst um, through Proverbs 31 Ministries. I'm going to read you a portion of it. Lisa wrote this. Here is what God continues to teach me. I must process disappointments through the filter of his love, not through the tangled places of my heart. So when I encounter disappointments on a daily basis, what I do with those disappointments has to be processed through the filter of God loves me, not through this other portion of my heart and my mind that's, that's all tangled and messed up. When I process things through the tangled places of my heart, often the outcome is, if God loves me so much, why would he let this happen? But instead, when I process things through the filter of the absolute assurance of God's love, the outcome is, God loves me so much. Therefore, I have to trust why he is allowing this to happen. And after I read that, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit led me to this passage in the book of Ephesians. And it's not going to be on the screen. I just want you to receive this. <clears throat> I hope it can bless you like it blessed me. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Jesus, brothers and sisters, is our sanctuary. Jesus is our sanctuary. And if we would be like King David and hope in his word and love the word of God, that entire chapter of Psalms is about loving the word of God and studying it and knowing it. If we were to do that and to pray, we could find our sanctuary in him. I want you to listen to these parallels between the cities of refuge and Jesus. Okay, number one. In, uh, in the Old Testament, God, when he tells Moses about the cities of refuge, he gives an example of two men who go out into the woods uh, to chop down some trees. And one of them has an axe, and the head is loose, but he doesn't realize it. And he's chopping down the tree, and the head of his axe slips off, strikes his friend in the temple, and he dies. Unintentional murder. Uh, Jesus, for all of us who are born sinners, is the one who we have unintentionally and beyond that intentionally slain uh, because he bore our sins when he died on the cross. Number two. When the manslayer flees to the city of refuge, he gets to the gate, and before they let him in, he has to tell them why he's there and confess what he's done. 
And when we run to Jesus, our city of refuge, from our sin, we have to confess that we are sinners in need of his saving grace. Jesus then becomes our sanctuary, our city of refuge, from the weight of that sin that we cannot carry on our own. And then this last one is my favorite. Hebrews chapter 4 tells us that Jesus is our great high priest. And when the manslayer fled to the city of refuge, he got to stay within the city until the death of the high priest. So when he's getting there, he's like, how old's your high priest? 102, oh dear. Um, he's hoping for a young high priest. Uh, no, but so he gets to the city and he can stay as long as the high priest is alive. And once he dies, he has to go back to where he's from. And maybe the avenger of blood has cooled off and it's fine, or maybe not. Jesus, our great high priest, is our city of refuge and he will never die. Jesus is our sanctuary. And we as the church are called to offer that sanctuary to the world. We as covenant are called to offer that sanctuary to the world. And I want to challenge us with this. Get this. You cannot offer sanctuary to someone else unless you are in the sanctuary yourself. Hear this. You cannot offer sanctuary to someone else unless you're in the sanctuary yourself. That day when I was needing sanctuary, I was not in the sanctuary. I had neglected to spend time reading the Word of God. I had neglected to spend time in prayer. But thank God that my mother-in-law was in the sanctuary because she offered me sanctuary. I ask you this. Can you honestly say that you are in the sanctuary? On a daily basis, do you seek God through prayer and scripture? Every day. Be honest with yourself. When I answer that question, the answer is no. Every day I am not in the sanctuary. But that's okay because God doesn't hold your wrongdoings in an account. But Jesus has paid that debt. And so start today. Be in the sanctuary. We as covenant are called to be a sanctuary for the lost. But we cannot offer sanctuary unless we, all of us, you and me, are in the sanctuary. So let's be in the sanctuary and dwell with Jesus every day. Will you pray with me? Oh God, 
You are our hiding place and our shield. And we hope in your word. You are a city of refuge when the weight of our sins are too much to to bear. When the stress and the pain of this life overwhelms us, may we run to you. From this day forward, let us be that much more consistent in spending time with you, God. Thank you for the free gift that you offer us. And let us be in the sanctuary so we can offer sanctuary. Lord, in this time of offering, uh, I pray that you would bless the gift, multiply it as we know you can do, and bless the giver, Lord, in your mercy. We love you, and it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.